Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How are you today, buddy? I was just wondering if you was going to ask. I am doing well. Yeah? You all set for Halloween? Uh, I don't do Halloween. No. Oh, oh, oh. What? You don't do Halloween? No. What? No. Hey, come on. Listen. The costumes, the candy, the parties. What's, what's, your, what's your problem with Halloween? I'll hand out candy to little kids, and that's the extent of Halloween for me. Okay. And, and I've got a, even, even that I have rules because, <laughs> you know, there's a cutoff and that cutoff is, is the sixth grade or 12 years old, whichever comes first. That's a social contract we have in America with kids. You can knock on the door. We will give you free candy and, and it's happy to do so. But after 12 years old or the sixth grade, that party's over. That's my feeling about it. Uh, when, when, did, when did all of a sudden adults started getting into Halloween? Forever? For, for no, since, the, not, since the beginning of time? No. You, you not, never think, went to a costume party. Think about never. it, Rob. I mean, really, think about this. 30 years ago, adults didn't dress up in Halloween outfits. Well, let's just the kids be kids. Let's let them have this, okay? Let's not take everything from them. I don't want to... I don't want to go to my proctologist and look back and see Peter Pan. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to go to the, you know, I don't want to go to the, the restaurant and see my waiter dressed up as Superman. And I'll tell you why, I, you know, I, yeah, please tell me this is, I, I'm, this is kind of sad. This is, no, this is going down. At, this is a, a, you're pretty angry right now. Oh, I'm, I'm not angry in the slightest, but I just think this is, there, there's, there's logic behind this. For instance, if okay. I go to a restaurant, let's say I go to the restaurant all the time, same restaurant, okay? I know the waiter. He knows me. I show up one day and he's dressed up like Superman. It just changed the whole dynamics of the relationship. You know, and, and let the, so put yourself in his shoes. The night before or that morning, he had to get dressed up like Superman. So he had to take the time to get the outfit, put the outfit on, look in the mirror and go, all right, cool. It's Superman. I went to this effort. And now if he waits on me and I don't acknowledge him because I don't want to acknowledge him as Superman because he's my waiter. Now he's, after he takes my order, he's mad. Like, you know, I dressed up like this, the guy didn't even say anything. It changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. You want to be, you want to be the adventures of Superman? Well, I'll fly back there and get my Thousand Island. Okay. How's that for, how's, how's that for Halloween? It's, uh, it, I, I think it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. So you never went to a costume party as an adult. High school, you never went to a costume party, never went to a Halloween dance in high school, dressed up. Never. You never did any of that. Never, you never. You stayed never. home, sat on the couch, pouting. I, I was not pouting. I'm happy. I couldn't be any happier. I'd like to see the little kids dressed up in their uniform when they're 12, in, 12, 12, 12 inches, when they're, when they're 12 years old or younger or sixth grade. I don't like seeing a high school kid showing up on my porch with a hockey mask on and a flannel shirt and his hand out and it, uh, with his hand out yeah you want your hand out i got some stair treads in the garage i need sanded okay how about that all right all right well i you like halloween so yours is six sixth grade i always thought you were done 
at 10th grade. You, you shouldn't be out there in 10th grade. I would give you ninth grade, but you probably felt a little weird if you were out there as a freshman. You, you know what I mean? Because now you're like, I'm in high school. Should I really be doing this? You know, the answer is no. Okay. The answer is no. You shouldn't be doing this. Okay. So that when you saw that picture of Pauline and I dressed up as Mr. and Mrs. Howell, you you felt pity no. for me. No, right? here, here, here's the honest truth. And I, I love that about you, Rob. I love that you have Christmas, that you have a Christmas music list on your phone and you have a favorite Christmas list on your phone. I like that you dress up as Santa Claus. And I like the fact that you dressed up as Mr. Howe and what, what was the ginger? Is that the nope. other, your wife? No, she, well, I would think, yeah, Ginger, but she hey, was Mrs. Howell. Again. She was Mrs. Howell. We were Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Howell from yeah, Gilligan's yeah. Island. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I, actually admire that about you. Okay. It's just the way I Thank made you. up. Okay. I just, it's just not me. I'm not, I don't want to drive down the road and see some, somebody dressed up, you know what I mean? On the like, like, like with a clown outfit in the car next to me. <laughs> I just don't, I just not, it's just not my thing. Oh my God. Well, I'm having, what, we're having what? here. We're having two Halloween parties. You are. We're having two Halloween parties for the kids and the grandkids. I said to Pauline, I said, "All right, Saturday night, we'll do a movie night. Have everybody over, do an outdoor movie night, but we'll do Halloween party because you know you're not going to be able to go out trick or treating or anything. So we're going to hide a bunch of stuff. And then I said, and then we'll do it next Saturday too." I go that way the boys can get to put their costumes on twice rather than just one time. You know, they're little guys and they're always so happy about their costumes and everything. I still haven't decided what I'm going to wear. Now, are you dressing up for the kids or are you dressing up because it's Halloween and you want to dress up for Halloween? Uh, no, I would do it for the grandsons. They would okay. they would that, get a that, real that kick out of it. That is completely different. Yeah. But if I was going, if we were invited to a Halloween party, oh, hell yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to have some fun. Why don't we just bring back the tooth fairy for adults? Why don't a 75 year old man put his false teeth under the pillow? All right. Hey, if you're going to put sport. 10 bucks under that pillow, then hell yeah. I'm all for it. I just don't get it, man. I, I maybe, I, you know, I, like I said, I like that about you. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's cool that you do that and that you're that into it. I, I, maybe I wish I was that way. I just can't. I, that's why I don't watch science fiction movies or, or horror movies. I got to deal with the real. Oh, I can't. Uh, I, I, I can't watch slasher movies or horror movies. Can't do it. Too jumpy. So scary stories. Uh, it's Halloween, as you said. And uh, is there anything scary in walking into a house with post-it notes all over the floor? No, that's uh, that's my nightmare. That's yeah. that's that's nightmare on you name the street. Okay. Yeah. That is the that is the floor man nightmare right there. Perfect time to talk about Halloween nightmares and those damn little yellow post-it notes. 1968. Spence Dr. Spencer Silver invented the sticky note. You're you're absolutely right. That is the bane. You ever any floor guy that's ever walked into the job? on Tuesday or Wednesday after sanding the day before or putting a coat on the day before and walks in and sees the sticky notes, most of the time, it's not good. I mean, you know, you'll get the sticky note that says, hey, 
left the food on the counter for you guys, you know, but that's usually on the front door or somewhere in the kitchen or something like that. But um, th there's not too many things that'll put a floor guy in worse mood than seeing a sticky note on the floor. That is, yeah, you're right. You're now, going, you, you think you're going in for a check. Yeah. Well, that's the worst day to get the sticky notes. Yes. So we talked about in our last podcast, well, first of all, I think to myself, what causes sticky notes? Why would someone get sticky notes? Uh, sometimes they're used to just pass on information, right? Hey, won't be home till four. And sometimes it's because there's a mistake or problem on the job. I, you know, we talked in our last episode about customer expectations. 34% of the callbacks in this industry, according to the hardwood flooring contractors poll, is because of customer expectations. Customer expectations. So you got to hand it to the sticky note, though. In a way, you have to admire the sticky note. And I was thinking about this, Rob. <laughs> since, since the invention of the computer, paper's gone away, right? No one, you, we don't use paper anymore. Everything's on a computer. But somehow, the sticky note survived. And I, I think there's a reason for it. I think it's this. It's a great way to send a passive aggressive piece of information to somebody. You know, you don't have to be there. It's not gonna be a book. It's just boom, right to the point. Don't use the toilet. Somebody left the, the refrigerator light on or somebody, somebody was in the refrigerator or, or look at this, what, what's going on with this board? And I've seen pictures over the years from guys sent, you know, like there'd be 30 or 40 or 50 sticky note pieces of paper on the floor. And I don't know what could put you in a worse mood faster than a sticky note. It was a gym in St. Louis. A guy called me up and he said, um, hey, I've got a real nightmare on my hand. Is there any way you can come in and walk the floor with me? And, you know, they're, they're just going nuts. I said, yeah, okay. The gym was, uh, it was a sunken gym. You know, you walked in and, you, you were, you walked in and you were at like the top seat, you, you, what are they, you know, not the balcony, but you know what I mean. So you had to walk down all the stairs past all, it was a huge gym in St. Louis. As soon as I walked in, I looked out at the gym and there was a sea of post-it notes. Oh no. In a gym. I mean, this thing was like 14,000 feet. It was massive and a sea of post-it notes. And the first thing I thought was, how, how long did it take somebody? How many times did this guy have to bend over? I was thinking that he, he might have done it on a, on a mechanics dolly or something, right? Because I'm not kidding you when I say a sea of post-it notes. I'm not well, going to mention any names or anything, but. A lot of bending over. This was brutal. So as we're walking and we're walking down the stairs and you know the contractor's looking at me, I'm looking at him like, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, no. Um, he goes, wait, he goes, it gets better. So I said, all right, all right. So we get down there. And I mean, the guy is just putting notes. The, the job was perfect. Okay. The job was perfect. It was beautiful and this guy just was beside himself 
the head custodian head, you know, whoever was in charge of the floor was literally beside himself. At one point I, I just thought he was going to have a, have a, a nervous breakdown meltdown over absolutely nothing to the point where the contractor says to me, do me a favor and get his attention and, and walk him over there. You know, just walk him over in that direction. I said, all right. When I do, I turn and I look back and the contractor moved this, some of the sticky notes, <laughs> which was just awesome. So then we turn around and walk, you know, start walking back towards him. And the contractor's like, you know, I, I just, I just don't see anything here. So now this guy is crawling around on his hands and knees. Trying I'm out. trying not to, I'm trying not to lose it. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was one of the best things I ever saw a guy do. I, and, and I, there's blood coming out of my eyes because I'm just trying to hold in. Okay. So I, and I'm just walking around. I'm thinking it's one of those, why am I here? You know what I mean? Why am I here? This is just, there's gotta be something else going on here. Right. Did this guy, you know, sleep with this guy's wife or there's, there's some shenanigans going on here. So we get out into the parking lot, you know, we're the guy's going to put another coat on and you know, whatever is going to happen. And uh, I said, geez, what, what'd you do to this guy? And I said that as a joke, <laughs> he said, well, we were in high school together and uh me and some other guys we used to be pretty rough on him and i'm like oh really uh well i'm gonna go back in i want to talk to the guy because you got some major issues in there i said you you owe him a new i said you got to be kidding me he goes nah we were i go if you're telling me that you were really rough on him i can't imagine how rough you were on him he goes I couldn't believe it when we got to the job and he stepped out on the floor and I said, we are such, we are in such trouble. And I said, man, if karma ain't, you know what, man, I don't know what's going to get you. So for all you bullies out there, all you kid bullies, you never know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what this was. And this guy was, now I understood why he was just so upset. I mean, he was, now, for once, I'm on the other guy's side. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I, I do, too. It I took said 30, to the guy, you got 30, what you got coming to you. It took 30 years, but this is going to happen. You right. are not going to get a penny. When that guy was standing in line at Walmart with, that, with those sticky notes, that was one of the <laughs> happiest days of his life. <laughs> He probably had the wife and kids come in. Just stick them everywhere. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about this podcast. I go, I go to the same restaurant, you know, for breakfast. When I go to breakfast, you know, maybe once or twice a week, I go to the same restaurant. And it's the same guy. You know, you, you eat, you take your, your, your receipt up to the guy at the cashier. He's standing there at the cashier by himself and the cashier, right? And you pay him on the way out the door, okay? And every single time for years now, he says the same thing to me. What else can I get for you? 
And I always think to myself, well, what the hell else could you get for me? I ate breakfast. I go to the cashier. Am I going to eat a breakfast again? I mean, what, what could you, why, what, you got to come up with another wrap. I'm glad you came in. How was a breakfast? But you can't ask me, what else can I get for you? Oh, man. man don't, I, that, that answer is easy. Well, I'll take a coffee to go. Get, oh, you think that's, see, I'm not a coffee drinker. Get, get I'll take a coffee to go. A little bit of cream, no sugar. Nice. That's awesome. And that's a part of the free refill program, I, I assume, because you're asking me what else. Yeah. Hell, I'd love if they asked me that. Coffee, please. What else can I get you? Go get me a coffee. Take I, one to go. Maybe if I was a coffee drinker. Oh, I love when waitresses say that. After you've had 32 cups of coffee at breakfast and they go, you want one to go? Oh. Really? Do you know my wife? You're beautiful. Thank you. Yes, I'd love one to go. Nice. Yeah. Well, not at least you got your answer. So I was... Well, get a cup of tea. You drink tea, don't you? I drink iced tea now that I moved to the South. There you go. He's the despise iced what tea. Else, what else can I get you? Uh, you know what? Take an iced tea to go. That's great. But that's not his job. He's at the, that would be the waitress's job. He's the guy at the cashier. Listen, how many times do you think he's going to keep saying that if you go, I go, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Go get me something. <laughs> Maybe that's the move. <laughs> that's the move, baby. Now it will be thanks for coming. Have a nice day. Not what else can I get you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's what I heard about the post-it note. So I don't know if this is legend or lore or a guy at 3M invented the post-it note, mm -hmm. right? And he brought it to the, you know, the boardroom or whoever and said, you know, here's my idea. And it's just a really, really, really light, light, light adhesive that's not going to leave any residue or anything. And, you know, you write a note on it and, and you can put it up and stick it there different places. And somebody at the board of 3M said, look it, we're 3M, you know, we make dental implants. We make epoxy. We don't make lousy glue that doesn't hold and doesn't stick to anything, okay? That's insane. Get out of my office. So the guy is sent packing. But what he does was, now, of course, it's not just him, right? It's a whole division of people who are on the Post-it Note team. The Post-it Note team around 3M, Minnesota, they start just going and dropping this on everybody's desk. They just start leaving them everywhere. Don't say what they are. Nobody says anything. All of a sudden, people start using them. And then he said a couple months later, everybody runs out. Now everybody's going nuts. Where are those little sticky pieces of paper? We, we, we need more of those. There's none in the, you know, none in supply. Where? So he showed that there was demand. Now, this is just a story that I read. Don't know if it's true, but that's what I heard about the post-it note. There's a lot of folklore around the post-it notes because my story com completely contradicts that one. So what Dr. Spencer was trying to do at the, Spencer Silver was trying to do at the time was to vent a really high, really, really good, strong, strong adhesive. But there's a mistake in the formula and this had hardly any, any bond to it at all. It was an accident. Okay, so he invented it mistakenly. 
And uh, the reason that it was yellow, because they were, that was like leftover paper they had and whatever, and it just happened to be yellow paper that they used. Now, years later, they were sued by someone else who claimed they invented the post-it note. So there's a lot of misinformation going around the post-it note, but I will tell you this. I searched how that I could interject myself into this story. And lo and behold, my grandfather's from Cynthiana, Kentucky. And I graduated in Harrison County High School in Cynthiana, Kentucky. Every post-it note ever made was made at 3M Factory in Cynthiana, Kentucky, a little small town. That's where they all came from. So you have, you have a blood relation with this stuff. The post-it note, yeah. Yes. So if a homeowner ever gave me one, if I knew that information at the time, I, should, I could have picked up the, the post-it note and said, you know, huh, funny thing about the post-it note. Look over here. Look over right. Yeah. Look yeah. over here. Yeah. yeah. Don't pay attention to uh, the uh, Look over here. Got a great story for you. That's when I, you know, that St. Louis school with the bully and everything. Uh-huh. That's when I, <laughs> that's when I gave the old, uh, well, you know, the MFMA and the NWFA, uh, you know, there's only a certain way that you can look at a floor. If you're going to inspect a wood floor that's been site finished, the rule is, and I, you know, I could be wrong on this, but I, I know I'm, I'm generally in the area. It's five feet out, it's five feet up, three feet away, no glare, no sunlight, no nothing like that. And you do a five count. And if you can't find it in five seconds, it's not there. So the guy started doing that. And then it would be, you know, 10, 11, 12. And finally he looked at me and he goes, I don't give a, you know what, what the NWFA or MFMA says about how to inspect the wood floor. I just know that this one's terrible. I was like, okay. And I had a homeowner once say that to me too. Like I said, you know, you can't, you can't look at it in direct sunlight or reflection. It's not how you inspect the floor, the NWFA and, she goes, I don't know who the NWFA is, and I don't care who they are. I don't want my floor. I don't want that speck on my floor. So be careful when you when you see those post-it notes and you pull that, well, the NWFA says this. Be careful how you approach that because I have rubbed people the wrong way with that. Well, I think though it's valid. I think you if that is an industry guideline, I think it still is a uh, something that uh, can be said, and I've lived in the real world too, and I've, I've also heard comments like that on inspections, but I think that it is a, um, you know, it's a valid, you know, and, and it was, and I've heard the same thing, a five foot two rule, five feet up, looking two, two feet out, and not using glare as a consideration, um, and it may have changed some of the wording to that effect a little bit, um, but um, it's somewhere in that ballpark. Again, if the, we talk about the NWFA's literature in the problems, causes, and cures is another. I talked about the installation guidelines they changed in 2019. Uh, also, problems, causes, and cures is another good uh, um, book from uh, the NWFA. So, nice publication. So, we actually give one any, um, anybody who comes to our school, we give you one. We give you a problems, causes, and cures which is a really nice piece of literature that's been done over too. Have you seen the new one? 
Oh man, yeah, the graphics it's, and everything is just beautiful. It's unbelievable, but it's like three times as thick as the old one. Well, you know, and the thing is, the reality of it is, I mean, um, you know, our, the you know homeowners are uh, they've got more education than ever before, right? I mean, they have access to a lot of information that they you know at their fingertips they didn't have before. So you really have to cross your your t's and dot your i's and making sure you do your uh, due diligence. But on, on the posted note too, I mean, you know, we joke about this a little bit, you know, we've all been there, but when we talked about that was a, that poll that came back at 34% of the, uh, of the reason for callbacks with customer expectations really kind of tells you how important communication is and don't take anything for granted that, um, you know, that they're going to, they're going to be on the same page as you. I mean, it might be something really small that, didn't get said that turns into a huge issue in the end. So, uh, you know, we talk about customer expectations all the time. I know you go, you have a litany of stuff you talk about in, in the schools, but it is important to uh, just think about that. If that is such a big reason for callbacks, doesn't it kind of say that we really need to maybe spend a little bit more time on educating the customers? Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, think of all of those callbacks. A lot of, we had a callback one time where my partner and I, we did tons of white floors. And I get a call from her in February. We did the job in August. Get a call from her in February, and she's like, Rob, there's there's black streaks all over the floor. Oh, yeah, black streaks. Huh. I got to go see this. So I go, I go over. I'm, I'm looking at the floor. Everything looks fine. She goes, see these black streaks everywhere? I go, Oh, Mrs. Plesser, those are, those are just seasonal gaps. I said, your wood shrunk, you know, wood shrinks in the winter. And she looked at me and this is, this is when I got it right in the pit of my stomach. I could tell the way she looked at me and the words came out of her mouth. Well, that never happened before. It must've been something you did. Now she's convinced, right? Yep. She's convinced there, there is no getting away from this one. And I explained to her and I used the example of, well, you know, think of your bathroom door. You know, your bathroom door is kind of sticky in the summer because of the shower and humidity. And then in the winter it shrinks and it opens up and it's just, I'm in quicksand, okay? I'm in quicksand. The more I talked, the worse it got. And she ended up saying things like, why did you do this? What did you do? And you, you must have uh, opened up a different layer when you were, and I was like, oh, 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 it just got horrible, okay? I tell this story at every class. Because why? Because we're doing so many white floors, so many gray floors. And you go into a dark brown floor, sand it, and make it white. And she And you live around where we live, where you have lots of expansion and contraction during the different seasons you're going to see some black lines in your white floor. So as long as everybody knows, you're not going to get the call, right? But but she's seeing black streaks. Oh, couldn't believe that one. I had her calling people at the NWFA, people I knew, just so they could explain it to her. She's like, I, I would call somebody, I forget who I was dealing with at the time. I said, how'd it go? And they said, yeah, they think you did something to the floor. <laughs> I said, yeah, 
I'm a member of the NWFA. I was hoping for a little bit more help here. He goes, Rob, we, you know, we sent her everything. We, we talked to her. We told her everything, but she's just bent down and determined. So if I had set the expectation, right, and that is, that it's just so important, especially now with everybody changing colors. Uh, colors is everything. Well, you know, if there's one takeaway from this, this episode is, um, if you don't know of the problems, causes, and cures, or you haven't seen the latest updated one, it's phenomenal. I talk about how good the installation guidelines are now. Uh, they have just just kicked, just, I mean, it's absolutely a sensational piece of literature. So um, you might want to check that out. And, and you're right. And you can't, you can't, um, you're not going to, you know, no matter how you set the expectations, that something's always going to fall through the crack. I'll tell you about my own post-it note story. Uh, we had sanded the floor, stained the floor, loved the floor, put the first coat of sealer on, and then walked in. And there's post-it notes on the floor. And this is a, a select grade, uh, I think it was red oak. And in fact, it was red oak. And uh, she had post-it notes on, on these cortisone boards. Now this is a sand and finish of an existing floor. And the cortisone didn't, didn't really, you know, you didn't really, she didn't notice those boards stand out. You know, it's an old, it was an old floor by the time, you know, when we got there to sand it. But now it's freshly sanded. These cortisone boards really show up. So she's got post-it notes on cortisone boards. And she thinks that I changed, I did something to the boards because she didn't notice them before. And she had an additional bunch of notes all over the floor. I mean, maybe 30 post-it notes. Now, if I had walked in at that point, you'd say, Wayne, what would you, if you could change one thing about where you are at this point in the job, what would you change? And the answer would be nothing. It's exactly where it needed to be at that time. I mean, there's nothing I would have done to improve it. I walk in and see these notes. And I go back out to the garage uh, to get something. And I see the man, the, the man homeowner, the male, the husband. <laughs> I'll get it right. And um, he goes, hey, how you doing, Wayne? And he's happy. And I go, well, I, you know, I don't know, not too good. And uh, he goes, what's the matter? I said, did you see the floor? He goes, yeah, it looks great. I said, well, there's notes all over it. He walked in, he goes, oh my God. Uh, Wayne, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about this. I don't know what's going on here. I, uh, let me talk to her. I said, fine. So I went to another job and uh, my brothers, you know, continued on with the job. So that night or that after late afternoon, the guy calls me, he goes, hey, Wayne, she's run off every trades person we've ever had on this job. I'm really, really sorry about this. You know, been nice if you gave me a clue at the time when I was bidding the job, talking to both of you. You know, so I said, "Hey, man, you know, it's I get it. You know, people getting their floors done. You know, I, I understand it's stressful and blah blah blah." And that was the end of it in my mind until the next day when she calls me, and she's sobbing. She's not crying. She's sobbing, and she goes, "What did you say to my husband?" I mean, she's just just <laughs> rolling. What, what what did you say to my husband? And I go, I, you know, I, I mean, what do you mean? What I what I say? I said, you know, this, you know, I understand it's stressful getting your floors done, and you know, it's just you saw the floor in the middle of the job, and blah blah blah. He goes, he's not he's not talking to me. He's he won't come home. Oh, I go, you, what do you mean he won't come home? She goes, he didn't come home last night. He's he's mad at me. I go, oh. listen, this is just a misunderstanding, you know. And she goes. So I talked to her. She goes, well, can you call him? I go, I'm a floor guy. 
You are in quicksand. Yeah, yeah. You're in quicksand. So, there. You can set these jobs up as good as you can, but uh, again, there's Cortison boards. I mean, they're existing boards. We didn't did nothing to them. You know. Wait, 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 wait. Did you call? Huh? Did you? Call I called the guy. I called the guy. I was listen. I said, hey man, you know what? This is not a big deal. Your, your wife asked me to call you. Yeah. You, I'll probably you didn't come home board. last night. Is everything okay? <laughs> Uh, oh, Wayne, don't uh, tell her. I'm at my girlfriend's house, Wayne. Don't tell her. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just floors. You know, not that hard. It's just just sanding, finishing floors, right? That's another show we have to do. We just have to. Anybody who's reading, or anybody who's reading, anybody's listening to the floor, please send us your craziest customer story. I mean, we want drop dead lunatics. We won't name names. We won't say anything. We'll just read them. There you go. I think that could be fun because I, I, I mean, you know, and I know that's some of my favorite parts of doing the classes is just hearing everybody else's just insane stories. Even Jeff Sheaves has some really good, pretty funny stories. You know, you know why? Because he's from the South. There's nobody that can tell a story like a, like a guy from the South, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Irish people, like English, English humor, Irish humor, I, I, I love. I mean, it's biting. It's really quick-witted. It's sharp. Um, but guys in the South, is, it's, the humor is it's slow, and they draw you in, and, and, uh, and it's just – I've always said about that guys in the South sneak up on you. Yeah. You don't see it coming. Nope. Yeah. You never see it coming. And the next thing you know, your face hurts, you know, yes. from laughing. You know something? I, 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 I hate watching TV with Pauline. Hate it. I mean, we just, we just don't agree on, on shows. Okay. You know, like, I don't know. She's watching a, a show one day and, and the guy's got like a, 140 pound tuma you know hanging on his neck and shoulder and she's watching it you know like geez i hope they can cut this thing off of the guy you know it's 140 pounds and i'm thinking well it was at one point in his life it was two pounds right <laughs> i mean first it starts <laughs> off like uh, i got a lump here right and then a uh, lump geez that lump's getting bigger you know at one point it was like it was two pounds wouldn't you think then hey Call call nine one one. I got a, I got a two pound tumor here. But what I guess is, what, somebody like his wife must have said to him, you know what? If you let that thing get over a hundred pounds, we could probably get a TV show out of it. Maybe make you know fifty sixty grand off of it. That's the only reason I can think that they would just let that thing. Because you know when it hits twelve pounds, are you thinking, ah, it'll it'll go away, right? It gets up over hundred pounds. You never cut that thing off, man. Yeah. I mean, now you're, you're on planes, you got an extra seat to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're meeting chicks with it. Yeah, it's, you know, something to talk about. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm getting, boy, did we get off track on that. You said that English humor, you know, is really funny. And I do, I, I enjoy English humor too. And um, so I'm walking through the living room the other day. Uh, we both have masks on now. I, I didn't tell you that, did I? In the house? In the house. I'm wearing a mask. Wait a minute. The two of you? 
Two of us are wearing masks. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, she said you never look better. Well, yeah. you never, you know, she you never look better. Kissing her with a mask on. That's a little, it's getting weird. But I was in a hot state. Wisconsin's kind of blowing up. So when I got back to New York, uh, this thing at the airport, I had to sign up and they said, you have to quarantine for two weeks now because you're in a hot state. So it was either ho go to a hotel or Pauline goes, well, you know, the kids would be comfortable if we wore masks around each other. And so I, I said, all right. So yeah, wearing masks inside. Or if we're eating, we're like 12 feet away. We eat in the living room. So my mind, my mind is blown. Yours is? Yes. So, yeah. so you think so? so comfortable? Huh? So, you, so now your kids are comfortable? Now they're, yeah, they're, they, they're buying into that one. So I said to Pauline, I go, hey, you know, can we cheat? You know what I mean? We, we don't really, oh, no, 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 no. You know, she wants grandkids to be able to come in, so or come around the house. That's how you make grandkids tough. Listen, dad was all over Wisconsin at the airport and stuff. Give me a hug. <laughs> so we are doing it right. I am wearing a mask around the house when Pauline's not at work. I mean, yeah, when she's home from work, yeah, when she's not at work, her and I are masked up. I was drinking coffee the other morning with her through a straw underneath the mask i can't believe this okay so now let me get back to the english humor okay. yeah and you can you can ball it all up and end it okay with what you're thinking okay so now i'm eating dinner with her in the living room and she turns on this great english baking show i love that show by the way do you know the show <laughs> yes <laughs> Like everybody here in the United States, you're in a show. If you if you do a good job carving a pumpkin and, and sticking a needle in it or something, they're going to give you $80,000, right? Do you know what they get to win the English baking show? Much. A plate and a bouquet of roses. No money. Nothing. And I got to admit, I'm with you. I think the show, I, I was cracking up. I thought it was a really good show. But it's got that English humor, which is, this all goes back to you saying you like English humor. And that's when the whole thing turned to me wearing a mask. And so you watch that baking show too. Love it. I yeah, think it's I called like, The Great English Baking Show. Or I know. I, and I love it. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. I, I'll tell you what started this. So I've never had a good TV my whole life. I mean, you know, whatever, TV, you know, uh, and I wasn't, you know, I was way behind on the technology thing. And one day I'm at a guy's house standing on the floor and, and, I, and his TV comes on and it's like the world stopped. I had never seen anything more beautiful in my life. It was a football game and each blade of grass you could see, I mean, just the, the sweat coming off the guy's head. The, the, and, it, and I came home and, and I told my wife, we got to have a new TV. This is unbelievable. Have you seen what's out there now? It's like we were in prison for the last 10 years. And the when old, we put that TV the old on, zenith black and white, huh? With the yeah. ears. So when the TV's on, it comes on, the guy brings in the big, at that time, 45 inch TV, which I thought, you know, I had made it in life. Now that's nothing. There's 75 and 80 inch screens. But when that TV came on, I must have said to my wife a hundred times, look at the screen. Would you look at it? Can you believe that picture? 
<laughs> so I would watch anything. A cooking show is fine, whatever, just, just because it was such beautifully crisp pictures. So I started now, I don't know why we, we watch every, uh, every cooking show for whatever reason. But you talk about English humor. Do you know who Dame Edna is? No. Anybody that's does not heard of Dame Edna, uh, anybody listening that's over in Europe, I'm sure has heard of her, uh, is the funniest, funniest comedian out there. And it's actually a guy dressed up as a woman, uh, as, an, as an old woman. And it's absolutely hysterical. One Halloween, Bum was, I don't know, maybe Bum was 19 or 20. It was just at the end of him living at home, you know? And um, Pauline and I were actually, I was going to do a, a trade show in Connecticut. So we were gone that weekend. But before we left, Bum was going to a Halloween party on a Saturday. And he says, uh, hey, can I borrow your cowboy hat? <laughs> and I said, you know, what for? And he goes, I, I, I'm going to dress up like a cowboy for the Halloween party. I, I said, you're too old to dress up as a cowboy. I go, there's only, you know, a certain type of guy that will dress up as a cowboy. Or you got to be a little kid. I go, little kids and cowboys are great, you know. I, I said, but not for adults. Don't do it. And him and my wife are like, that's insane. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. Mm -hmm. All right, long story short, we come home and uh, he's got a cane. He's sitting in my chair. He's got a cane. Yeah. He's got a black eye. <laughs> and there's something wrong with this because I said, well, what's up with the cane? He goes, ah, my, I messed up my ankle. I go, did you get into a fight? He goes, yeah. Yeah, he goes, uh, there was a guy at the party who was dressed like Elvis. He was huge. <laughs> I said, how did he, how'd you hurt your ankle? He goes, he hit me so hard, I spun around and sprained my ankle. <laughs> he goes, you were right about the cowboy thing. <laughs> well, Wayne, I can't believe that we actually did a show about post-it notes. When you made that suggestion... I thought that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. And then I thought about, oh, my God, all the times that I've seen post-it notes in the hardwood floor industry. Yep. Now, as uh, what was the guy's name uh, would say, now you've heard that Paul Harvey. I love Paul Harvey. As Paul Harvey would say, now you've heard the rest, the of, rest the of the story. Yep. So there you go. Next time you get a post-it note. And um, it's, uh, you know, or you come in and the room is full of posted notes. I mean, everybody in the whole entire industry has seen it one time or another. Remember that? And uh, maybe this will kind of make, make you smile a little bit anyhow when you see it uh, and uh, put it in perspective. And so thank you for listening so much. Rob and I really appreciate it. Again, hey, wait a minute. Wait, one more thing I want to add. Please email us those crazy stories, okay? Yep. We love, and I just want to read them. Like I said, we won't mention names, places, but we can read some really insane stories, and I know everybody's got a couple, so that could be a, a fun episode too. Rob.Johnson at Bona.com and Wayne.Highlander at Bona.com. Send us those emails, and uh, that could be a fun. That could be a fun show. Yeah, agreed. 
So this has been a particularly spooky episode. There you go, Rob, for you. Of on, the floor, of on the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. Be safe out there, everybody. Have a happy Halloween.